This week's episode of The Curious Podcast is brought to you by you, our valued listeners. If there are any topics you would like to hear us talk about, you can submit your suggestions at curious.podcasts at gmail.com. Also, if you want to show us some love and support, why not pop over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash The Curious Podcasts and you'll get a shout out in future episodes. Hello guys, welcome to the Curious Podcast with me Lawless and me Dr Drusifer. This week we are going to be talking about a few things. Lawless is going to be talking about the Philadelphia Experiment as mentioned last week. And I've got some fun facts about uh, the Pistol Shrimp as well as a fan theory regarding the lyrics of Toto's Africa. Oh. Yes indeed. Before that though, I do have to say I had a run in with our friend, mm. yes, um, she's kicking off. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like being referred to simply as the witch anymore and certainly doesn't appreciate other names that we've been using to refer, refer to her as. She has not been happy about that. So I asked her, what shall we call you instead then? And she said, Madam Jem. She didn't like that my response was, that's precious. Ah. So, for the rest of the week, I was cursed with a squeaky meow. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, Madam Jem from now on. Fair enough. <clears throat> um, today's guest is Gordon Ramsay. We're just waiting on him. I'm expecting a phone call any minute. Well, while we're waiting for him, um, I would like to point out that when we've been, we had a listen back to the previous episodes, and we noticed that in episode two, at around about the eight to nine minute mark, there was a ghostly knocking. Nobody was knocking on my door when we were recording the episode, but it can quite clearly be heard around around about the eight to nine minute mark in episode two, where it sounds like a ghost is knocking on a wooden door. So go back and have a listen, see what you think. Was it really a ghost, or was it something else? Also, following up from uh, the Wizard of Oz topic of last week, so I went I went back and watched the Wizard of Oz after after we uh, released the episode. Well, mm. I watched I watched both of them, but it's only the first one that we're talking about. Now we touched on the sort of the thing about the. Munchkin who had hung himself. Yeah. Well, it turned out it was actually an exotic bird. Right. There, there was no Munchkin actor hanging himself. Uh, it turned out that was actually a hoax that was started, I think, back in the 90s or early 2000s. And the person who claimed that it was the hanging body of a Munchkin had taken a still had taken the still shot and then made the image blurry of the bird uh-huh. and made it look like... And then claimed that that... It was someone had hung themselves. Yeah. Obviously, by that time, you know, we had um, DVDs. So they got, well, for the digital version, you know, they've edited it to take the body out and put an exotic bird in. Well, as it turns out, uh, people who had the v- VHS copies of it, mm-hmm. so from before 1988 when the DVDs started coming out, uh, or CDs, um, 
when they went back and looked, sure enough, in the VHS copies, it's an exotic bird I've right. seen. Uh, also, you you mentioned about the pistol. Yes. About uh, about the scare, scarecrow having the pistol. So he does in fact have it, but only in the scene when they enter the dark forest, mm-hmm. right before Dorothy gets kidnapped by the flying monkeys. Right. So that is the only time the pistol's ever shown throughout the entire movie. It's still weird though. I know, so... Does it make sense? No, it doesn't. Why was there a pistol in the Land of Oz to begin with? You never see any other type of gun. Why would you be scared of a lion or a tiger and a bear if you had a pistol in your hand? I know. Especially when it's a lion who's the cowardly Or the witch. You'd just shoot her, wouldn't you? I mean, a bucket of water's cheaper, but, you know. Oh, I forgot about that. But, um... No, like you never see a gun any other time then. You don't see a gun during the second one. Uh, Surely the Tin Man would be a little bit offended. I know, that might be his cousins. Mm-hmm. But there you go. So, yeah, the, the pistol was there for that one scene only. The other thing from Wizard of Oz was regarding the witch, about whether or not the witch had said, fly my pretties. Yeah. Well, see, no, she doesn't. As you pointed out, no, she doesn't. All she said was, mm-hmm. fly, fly now. Or fly now, fly, fly. Whatever the line was. But the witch does say, my pretty, at some other time in the movie as well. But only in reference to Dorothy. Yeah. So she's got the fly now to the monkeys, constantly calling Dorothy her pretty, my, my pretty. But then there was fly now, my pretty. The line was actually from... The Hunchback in Notre Dame. From The Simpsons, I think Mr. Burns says it as well. Yeah, I think you mentioned that as well, because it wasn't so how he threw one out the window. They just dropped out of the ground. And there's one other thing as well. One of our li- one of our listeners, Judith. Has, Hello, Judith. Hello, Judith. She has point. She she has actually explained why the forbidden fruit in the Bible got assumed to be how it became assumed to be an apple, and it's actually because of scientists, sort of, um, medical practitioners, right. when they were sort of like mapping out the anatomy of men and women, uh-huh. and noticed that you know men have got uh, oh, the men have Adam's got apple. the Adam's apple uh-huh. now. The, the note when when they were looking at it, I said, "Well, it's got sort of like a curvature to to it, like I don't know a wedge of an apple being stuck in the throat." Mm-hmm. And they thought, and it, it's a there's more like more detail to it, but basically because the shape of the shape of the lump reminded them of an apple wedge. Mm-hmm. It got the name. The Adam's apple and the fruit and the forbidden fruit got assumed to be an apple, right. um, and that, that's where it all stemmed from. So thank you for that one, Judith. Right, is that Gordon? That's Gordon. Two minutes. Hello, Gordon. Yeah. You anyway, mate? Oh, you broke down. At Burger King. What the hell were you doing there? Really? Part-time job? I'm not saying out. Um, so do you think you'll make it? No. Oh well. Um, 
Well, could it mean something else if you want? Yeah, yeah, that's all problem, mate. Right, bye. Is that work? A Burger King. Apparently. Hey, well, I don't make this up, you know. I don't, you know, by the time he's finished with that place, it'll be the Burger Emperor. Mm. Creating his own Burger Empire. Matt Gordon. <laughs> or the McRamsey. <laughs> the McRamsey. <laughs> Aye, that's it, the McRamsey. The McRamsey rib. I was thinking rib. I was thinking rib. So, yeah, so that's the... Uh, that's another guest of not turning up. It's almost like it's planned, but I'll show you it's not. I know it really isn't planned that well, that that these guests will just constantly cancel on us. Because that just wouldn't be funny. You're making a lot of creaking with that bottle. Well, it is frozen. There it go. People know how amateur we are, Joe. They're not. Uh, they're not expecting they. Gordon Ramsay or anything? Well, I was expecting Gordon Ramsay. Well, maybe she shouldn't have. Uh, this is true. Burger King has to come first. True. True. Right. Philadelphia experiment. Let's have it. So back... Oh. Who's that? Nope. Gordon, we've already done you. Um, Philadelphia experiment. They were trying to make an invisible ship during the 40s using some kind of electric magnets, I don't know. But when they activated it, it disappeared, appeared somewhere else, came back, but the crew was all merged into the metal and stuff. And yeah, it wasn't nice, apparently. No, I, I'm I'm very familiar with uh, the Philadelphia experiment. It's one of those stories I grew up with mm-hmm. since I was a kid. Um, I'm not sure if I heard about it before I watched the film or learned or watched the film and then found out it was based on what was supposed to be mm-hmm. supposed to be true events. So you're right that it was dealing with magnets. Um, what the idea was is that the it was to degauss the hull. It was for radars, really, wasn't it? Like not, but the was thing where it was supposed to make them invisible radar. But the main thing was uh, the mines that the Germans mm. were using, mm. uh, because the mines were magnetic mines. They, they were so oh, by right. degaussing, so by it. so by degaussing the hull, it would stop the mines from coming after them. Mm. You know, like you said, the ship disappeared, reappeared somewhere else. What you didn't mention, though, is that in the report, when it reappeared somewhere else, it reappeared there 10 minutes before it disappeared. Yes. So that would have made it in two places at the same time mm-hmm. for that 10 minutes. Then it disappeared and reappeared 20 minutes. So after it disappears from the other location... It reappears 20 minutes later, which is 10 minutes after it disappeared the first time, uh-huh. back where it started. As you said, a lot of the crew were fusing the ship. Two crew members were missing, who happened to be brothers. Uh-huh. Um, and apparently there was some time travel went on with them, and what have you. 
the ship in question was the USS Aldridge. Right. Um, and yes, my tits do think. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Should we let them in on it? Yeah, I'll let you explain that one. Right, so since we've started doing this, um, I write little notes on a post-it note, and I try and make them laugh, and I got them. I got them this time. Yeah, you got me this time. You don't want to know the stuff you... Well, you probably do want to know, but some of the language is quite vulgar, so I won't be repeating. <laughs> and I throw the post-it notes out each week. I, I, I want no incriminating evidence left on my flat. This was quite mild. first one I got you with, though, was a belter. What but we'll not say you? that. We'll not, I drew a oh. picture of it as well. Oh, that, yes, that one. Okay. Back to being on topic. Yes. So it was the USS Eldridge. Now, as I said, I've grown up with this story. Oh, And unfortunately, over the past two weeks, I've come across information that is proven the story of the Philadelphia experiment to be a hoax. It's a bit far-fetched in theory. Very far-fetched. Now, first of all, the USS Eldridge was... When this happened, I think it was supposed to be the October time when the experiment was supposed to have taken place. Mm. The USS Eldridge had only been... uh, I think it was commissioned... Back in the August of nineteen forty-three, right. so it was only a couple of months old, and was still, um, was still like doing like the, uh, you know, when they do like a dry run, a shakedown. That was it. They were still doing the shakedown, so there's no way with a ship that new, that was still supposed to be doing shakedown, that would be involved in, yeah, an experiment like that. Um, that sort of technology that they're talking about, like the whole degaussing thing. Mm-hmm. It's being used, and it's never caused anything remotely like this. Um, no. Excuse me. And it's not just the Americans, you know, the Royal Canadian Navy, the Royal Navy. They've all implement, implemented their own measures, like during World War Two and what have you. Sort of like... I suppose in a way to kind of demagnetise the hull to yeah, stop yeah. the mines from being attracted to them. You know, so it's a commonly used, it was a commonly used thing. It might still be in use today, you know, but to the extent that was supposed to be done on the Eldridge for, for the Philadelphia experiment, yeah. never happened. Now, the report for the so-called Philadelphia experiment, that written testimony didn't appear until I think it was sometime in the 50s. Mm-hmm. So maybe like 55, so 12 years after the fact. So why wait so long? Why wait 12 years to say, oh, by the way, this happened during yeah, World yeah. War Two? You know, why wait 12 years? Now, it turns out, I think the guy who wrote that report is actually the head of one of the UFO groups, hmm. or was. I don't know if the guy's still alive or not. Um, and I'm not saying to discredit him by saying that he's part of the one, part of the UFO group. You know, I mean, oh, UFO, some legit people out there. Yeah, and and UFOs have been confirmed to to be real, like we didn't mm, already know. Conveniently, conveniently during the pandemic, I believe. Um, 
So, yeah, so, but this guy in particular was not a reliable source of information for any topic. I've got one for you to search, though. Uh, Project Bluebeam. Any other listeners are interested in the UFOs. That is a conspiracy theory, but it looks like it might be actually happening. I'm, I've not heard of Bluebeam. Um, I'll have a look at so that. If you want to do a bit of research, or I can talk about it next week. I know today was very straight to the point, but that's kind of how I am. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if you know, if you know about it enough today, we could, we could cover it today. It's quite a big topic. There's a lot to it. Well, not not a lot, but it would be good if we could. You could probably do a little whole episode on it. Put it that way. Well, I'm about about to wrap up with the Philadelphia experiment. Now, the the thing that really sort of like cemented into place is the office group agency who was supposed to have been responsible for the Philadelphia experiment, according to this report, Mm -hmm. was the Office of Naval Research. Now, given that this happened in 19... supposedly happened in 1943, there's a big problem with that. The Office of Naval Research wasn't founded until, I think, 1946. Yeah. After World War II had ended. Now, there is a tie-in story about one of the sailors disappearing in a bar. Right. Well, bar staff have come forward and admitted to it being a lie. What happened, yes, one of the sailors was in the bar. Yeah. What happened is that a fight broke out in the bar. So, obviously, someone had called the police. Uh-huh. And the bar staff snuck him out the back and then claimed he just disappeared. Right. Why? Because he was underage. There we go. <laughs> There was a reason. That's what it was, because he was underage. So they didn't want him getting caught for underage drinking. Obviously, they didn't want to get into trouble for serving someone yeah, underage yeah. as well. They said, oh, yeah, there was a sailor here, but oh, he's, no, he just disappeared. He, he just vanished straight in front of him. Conveniently. Conveniently. So I don't know if... You know, that, that, that's tied in with that. Now... People might say, but yeah, yeah, maybe it's a cover-up. Maybe you know, maybe it really did happen. Now here's the thing: we've had the confirmation of UFOs being real that Air Force, the Air Force, have captured legitimate, foot, authentic footage yeah. of UFOs, and NASA is ne- it, NASA is now doing official. Research into UFOs. Why didn't they do that ages ago? They probably were, but they're only just now making it public since I mean it's become public. Now here's one for you. Did you know? Yes. That the U. <laughs> that the U.S. government have actually confirmed Area Fifty One exists. Oh yeah. I think it was two thousand and twelve or two thousand and thirteen. They confirmed Area Fifty One. So what my theory is, confirmed it because they've moved it somewhere else. Well, here's the thing. It's still there. Yeah, but whatever was there. And here's something else. Maybe it's just, it's just a distraction. You know, like, a slip of a hand kind of thing. Well, you know the stealth fighter? Yes. That the Air Force developed? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what was it called? Blackbird? 
don't think it was the Blackbird, no. I, I know the Blackbird, and I don't think it was that one. Um, but it's not Blackhawk, because that's a helicopter, I think. I don't think it was the Stealth... I'm pretty sure it wasn't the Stealth Bomber. I'm pretty sure it was the Stealth Bomber. Actually, no, it might have been the Blackbird. Back in the 50s or something, or... Um, I'm not sure, but the point is, if you want to, that that fighter, the the one I'm thinking, Nighthawk, Nighthawk, yeah. the the, the F117 Nighthawk stealth fighter, that's the one I'm thinking of. Um, that was developed at Area 51. Was it? Mm hmm. Yeah, that was developed at Area 51. So I mean, you might be right; they might have moved it somewhere else. I mean that. Bit, the base that was confirmed to be Area 51 is still in use. Um, you know, where, where they're developing and testing new aircraft. See, maybe it's just like, oh yeah, there's something there. And they, like, they kind of want people to think that. So they look there and don't... Do you know what I mean? It could be right on my doorstep. Yeah, like a, a, a diversion. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it could be. But here's the thing, though, that... They've confirmed that yes, we acknowledge UFOs. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Confirmed UFOs exist. Mm-hmm. We've confirmed Area Fifty One is actually a real location. We are d- doing active research into UFOs. Mm-hmm. There's this project that's being done, which is a follow-on project of Project Blue Book. Mm-hmm. So, why would they not confirm the Philadelphia experiment by this point? Yeah. That's where that was going. They've confirmed all these different things, all these projects, or what have you. But why not? Why still deny the Philadelphia experiment if it was real? Because yeah, yeah. at this point, what's 60, 70, 80? Yeah, about well, 80 years this year. Hasn't there got to be like public knowledge after so many years or something? Huh? So, I mean, 80 years on. Why still deny something like the Philadelphia Experiment? Now, if Area 51 was being used for UFO stuff, fair enough, I can I can understand that still being under wraps. But something like the Phil- Philadelphia Experiment, which was, which was supposed to be some big tragedy, yeah. why still deny it ever taking place? Because it wasn't true. Yeah. The, the source of information originally hid, who, hid his name in the report... And once it was found out to be him, well, you can't really trust anything he comes out yeah, with. Yeah. And obviously the the organisation who was supposed to have been the ones in charge of it wasn't actually founded for, until three years after the fact. Yeah. So there you go. Philadelphia Experiment was a hoax by a UFO not. Or just massively elaborated. There probably was something, but not to the extent of... Um, because like, people like to make something out of nothing. They don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a ship in Philadelphia at the time. Because um, I know the war tried to mess about with cloak and stuff. It's different kinds of paint and that. To, um... Yeah, I mean, the, the USS Engstrom was doing something along those lines, but, but not the Eldridge. Yeah. Also, if anyone listening, if you're interested in Area 51... I suggest you look up Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar, that, that rings a bell. Uh, 
an apparent employee, ex-employee. Uh-huh. Uh, in the 80s, I think it was. Okay. So he, he is, whether or not he's telling the truth, but it's a hell of a lie. That's all I'm saying if it is. Do you know what I mean? So anything to do with the Montauk project by any chance? Oh, I know that. I don't know that. Uh, that's the one. That's the one we can talk about at some point. Is the Montauk project? Because I've come across the Montauk chain. Yeah, yeah, well, the, um, like, um, well basic remote viewing and stuff. Uh, remote viewing and also tied in with the Montauk project. Uh, I think it was the head of the Montauk project was invo- involved with this as well. Uh, is you know, like the the born identity. Yes. What have you about how they break break the, the mines down and then rebuild? Oh, them. right, that's it. But MK Ultra. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, Montauk Project MK Ultra, and the other one, which I, the one I'm talking about, which I can't remember the name of. I think it was the same scientist involved in all three. Joseph. I can't remember. But it's I mean, a lot, of, a lot of Nazi. I know it's a touchy one, but a lot of Nazi scientists. Went to work for America, and the ones and the ones that didn't go to America went to Russia. Yes, Project Paperclip. That's it. Yeah, Project Paperclip. Um, so that was like after World War Two ended, the dividing up the spoils of war between them, America and Russia, and the spoils of war was the scientists. Yeah, and they went to the moon. Apparently. Ah, oh, that's one for another the time. That's another. One. That's another one altogether. But uh, I don't believe it. Just seeing it now. What you what you think was a hoax? One million percent. Next, you'll be seeing the Earth as flat. <laughs> well, I wouldn't know, would it? Because there would be space. <laughs> or oh, have we? That's a good one. Yeah, the moon landing hoax is a belter. One thing I will quickly throw in as well is something something dealing with the Montauk project. Is a quick, quick little fun fact. Stranger Things was inspired by yes. the Montauk Project. Yes. It's in your face, man. Everything's in my face. That's how they try to make me not see it. Mm-hmm. Can't see the forest for the trees. That's it. The best hiding place is in plain sight. Exactly. Exactly. So that was the Philadelphia Experiment conversation. That was quite good. That, yeah. I, I mean, like, we could have went right into it, but I don't think we need it, though. We said what was needed to be said. Well, on a more light-hearted note, I'm going to go into this fan theory that I came across regarding the lyrics for Toto's Africa. Oh, God. Oh, it's funny. It's funny. So, on Twitter, uh, this guy called David Hines looked at the lyrics for, for Africa and came to the conclusion that... It's actually about a lovesick werewolf in Africa. Really? Yeah. So, let's break it down. Gonna take a lot to drag me away from you. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. The power of... Hang on. So, what you say? Why is the singer... So, if nothing could drag her away from her, why is the singer not with her now? Yes. Excuse me. So, in Total's oh, Africa, yeah. So, so what? Yeah. Why is he in Africa? Why is he not with her? If a hundred men or more couldn't like drag him away, well, he's hoping to find some long-forgotten words or ancient melodies, you know, because he's a student of the occult. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
And what's it like? Lycanthropy like or something? Lycanthropy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's gone to Africa, leaving his love behind in order to hunt for some obscure folklore. Oh, you know, right. So he tells her, "I seek to cure what's deep inside, frightened of this thing that I've become." I.e., he's a goddamn werewolf. Right. Yeah. So wild dogs cry out in the night as they grow restless, longing for some solitary company. Those aren't dogs. It's the werewolf That's pack. A brilliant on that. But why does he bless the rains down in Africa? Because the cloud cover blocks the moon. Right. So if there's no, if you if the clouds are covering the moon, he's not turning into a werewolf. He's staying human. So. Long story short, Totals Africa is about a lovesick werewolf in Africa seeking out ancient lore to find a cure for his unfortunate Brilliant. condition. Yeah, I'll give you that one, eh? Good. Then there's other lines as well. Uh, I hear the drums echoing tonight. The chair's only a whisper of some quiet conversation. Uh, that's the drums of a hunting party. Ooh, right. Um, so there's probably a hunting party out hunting the werewolf pack. And this, or they've been out hunting and they've killed one and they're celebrating the kill. It's very good. I like that one. So there you go then. Yeah, so that, that was Totals Africa. I'm going to look into that one myself a bit more. That was brilliant, that one. And I thought it was a good one. Mm. I, just, I just came across it. I thought, you know what, that, that would be a good one to, to just throw in there. Mm. But remember, that was David Hines on Twitter. Right. Uh, I've got a little insult for you if you want. Oh, an insult. We haven't had one of them since day, since episode one. Why don't you? Grab your right tit with your left hand. Okay. Your right... No, no, your left. Your left tit with your left hand. No, you said right tit with well, left I'm hand. Saying okay, so... Left, left tit le- with your right... Left hand. Uh-huh. Right tit with your right hand. Tie them in a knot on your forehead. Make a band called... Oh no, it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> Slip, oh, what was it? It was Titnot. That was it. It's not Titnot. And I wonder why I get told that, uh, that uh, clearly our target audience is men. Oh God, if there's any women listening, I'm so sorry. But. <laughs> you know, I, 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 do, I, do, I do advertise to, to, to everyone, not just men, everyone. Well, without that, God. But uh, I would like to know who actually listens to her. If you want to get in touch and stuff, even she, come on and have a conversation with her, that'd be great. Yeah, the, but you know, we, we would love to have uh, an actual guest on the show. Yeah, the one that turns up. Yeah. yeah. So if you're interested, you know, give, give us a shout at curious.podcasts at gmail.com or if you happen to know either of us personally, give us a shout on Facebook or what other platform you know us on. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can set something up so that you can join us on the show. I wouldn't mind making a little community, you know, like... Discord. Yeah, like, like we're very amateur, but, you know, it doesn't really matter, does it? Well, I was thinking about setting up a Discord for We've us. We've all got similar interests, I think. Uh, you know? But well, we must do if, the, if, the, if we've got repeat listeners. Exactly. So, uh, I want to say thank you if you're a returning listener. And if it's your first time, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's... Uh, very amateur. Very amateur. But I mean, that that's part of the appeal, really, isn't it? It's real. 
you know, we're just two, two mates doing a podcast, isn't it? It's just... Are we mates? I thought we are just... Oh, that's a point. Business acquaintances. That, that's a point. Some friend you are. I found out from Madam Jem as well why she cursed us in the first place. I'm denying it. I'm not seeing now without me lawyer and the press around us. She caught you stealing her kibble treats for her familiar. I just got made guilty by association. That would be very, very funny if it was just me. You just can't help pilfering, can you? Well, if I'm going down, I'm dragging everyone with us. Which Tell is partly why I build it with me ex. <laughs> what ex? Ex cat. What, uh. No! <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> uh, no, we're, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Now, I know we've been going on for quite quite a bit already, but I believe you had something to say about The Simpsons this week as well. Oh, I love The Simpsons. So tune in next week. No, eh. Uh, the Simpsons is always predicting stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I mean there was uh, Trump on the escalator. Or moving stairs, whatever you want to call them, depending on which country you're from. But Trump was on about running for president for a long time. No one took him serious. But it was but be, he mentioned it. But it was getting this the, the, the scene down pretty yeah. much identical to how it ended up happening in real life years later. Well, some people think that Mark Ronan is a time traveller. Or. I'm right there with them on that. Or they're just very good at holding the mirror up to society. But being even like the stuff in the background, though, being able to predict that, yeah. you know, it's like, like you say, either he's a time traveler, or they've got a they've had a, some really sophisticated AI in the background that nobody knows about that is able to predict the future, hmm. or third theory, which I just thought of now. Maybe Matt has tapped into the source code for this simulation and can see what's going to happen before it happens. Oh, the old simulation theory. Simulation theory. Now that is a dollar. Didn't we already cover simulation theory in a previous episode? Little bits. Little bits. I think. Little bits of everything, but that is a. It's a good one, that. No, I, yeah, I think I think we should do a simulation theory episode. At some if this point. is a simulation, that I want the cheat codes. It's not fair. Well, by it sounds like Matt's already got them. Or just a money, like a money glitch would do. You know, I, I wouldn't go for money, as tempting as it would be. What I would do is I would use a cheat code to repair all the damage to my body and get rid of all this fat. Mm. And then I'd shove it onto you to make you even fatter than you already are. Sit there like a big... When a tick's done feeding on an animal and it's just got these little legs sticking out. The only time I see you sitting is when you come here. The rest of the time you're just like a beached whale. Beached whale, uh, <laughs> getting get held back into the ocean by surfers. <laughs> oh, and uh, spe- speaking of uh, whales, did you know that there's a theory the Loch Ness monster or, or other sea creatures that are supposed to be like this Loch Ness monster are really just uh, upside down male whales? 
fair few things about that rest of the month. There's another episode, there's so much. <laughs> I got the feeling that uh, it would take another episode for you to be able to talk about The Simpsons the way, the way you want oh, to. Oh, yeah, that's just a little one to hide in there, but uh, there's a lot of Simpsons ones. I didn't want it to feel rushed today because we had quite a few from last week to do. Yeah. Well, it, it would only be being rushed as if we were putting a time limit on it. Mm. There's no need for it. And there's no time limits. But on that note, time's up. No, it's uh, not. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the pistol shrimp. I thought we'd done that. No. Go on then. No, I did Totals Africa. I haven't done the pistol shrimp. Come on. Time is money. <sighs> what money? So the pistol shrimp mm-hmm. is a very peculiar and unique type of creature it's obviously shrimp you know prawns you know tiny little thing and it has some very destructive power now when it opens its pincers it's got this plunger inside that shoots out so it's like opens its pincers to suck water in and then fires the, pins, the, the plunger forward to create this shockwave b- bubble. Right. And the bubble travel and the speed that the plunger pushes this bubble out at. Bear in mind how tiny the shrimp is. That plunger goes at the speed of a fast moving car. Wow. Probably the bullet speed. So this bubble has a lot of destructive force in it. It will kill things it comes into contact with. And when that bubble bursts or pops, it creates a hell of a bang. Mm. You know, which you wouldn't think for this tiny little thing. But the destructive power, the heat generated by the shot is hotter than lava. Shit. Yeah. So that. So its bubble bullets are louder than a gun, and it and hotter than lava. Fastest pincers in the west, there. Eh? Fast, fastest pincers everywhere, mate. Mm. Is it the crawfish or the something that's got the, the hardest punch in the world, like pound for pound? I'm not sure. I remember here. I remember. He, Hearing something about something that can do that, but I can't. Man, these little shrimps. I know, but that—that's fun fact of one of six that I've come across for dealing with the pins, with the pistol shrimp. Uh, another one is the almost interfered with with uh, the World War Two Navy. Uh, I think they might cause a ship to go off track or something. Yeah. What the shrimp? Yeah, it, it threw the U.S. Navy off track. Um. It's also, now this is how I found out about the pistol shrimp, there's a film on Netflix, uh, oh god, what was it again? Power, no, mm-hmm. Project Power, uh, Project Power on Netflix, uh, one of the superhero powers is that of the pistol shrimps, like uh, Bubble Bullet. Uh, and basically, the, the the guy who ends up with the power, he just 
creates this bubble of destructive force around him and just sends it out. It's like a, it's like he's a one-man nuclear weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's that destructive, and it just shreds anyone and everything that it comes into contact with when he unleashes it. It's uh, the, the most powerful superhero power that you can get from the Project Power Pills. Mm. Uh, I mean, and, and like I said, there's, there's a few other things. Oh, like a starfish, they can regrow lost appendages. Now, I think only one of the pincers is the weapon hand. I don't think it's, I think it's only one of them. So, I think one's bigger than the other. Sword and shield type shit. Something like that. But here's the thing. It can switch which hand is the weapon hand. Wow. Much like how a frog can change, change gender. Mad. Anyway, and that's, it. That, and that's only three out of... Sorry, four out of the six fun facts I came across about it. So yeah, that, that that's the pistol shrimp. That was a good one. Yeah. F- f- fun little secret. Mm. Hit me with a Mandela effect. Right. Do you the Fruit of Loom? The t-shirts and stuff? The Cornucopia. Now I can't remember which one it was. Was it Fruit of Loom? Or Fruit of the Loom? I think it was Fruit... I think it's Fruit of the Loom. I kind of remember it being Fruit of Loom. But maybe it's with our way of talking. Maybe it's we've just shortened it down. Um, I'm pretty sure it's always been Fruit of the Loom. Now, see, I thought you were going to go with whether or not it had a cornucopia in it. I don't know. You know that fruit basket? I don't know. Uh, no. No, it does not. Uh, yeah, it's definitely Fruit of the Loom. And it's just a bunch of fruit, no cornucopia. I remember that. Yeah, now I remember the cornucopia as well. Yeah, I've always thought it had had it, even though I've got fruit of the loom clothing myself or have had in the past. I remember the cornucopia being there, but it doesn't have it. Apparently, I mean, if you look look, look at anything to do with fruit of the loom today, the the the, the fruit basket isn't there. Doesn't make sense, really. No, no, it doesn't. So, I think I've got you on this one. Maybe. Except the feet. Just this one. Well, it might surprise you to know I've got some backup. Yeah. One of our listeners mm-hmm. absolutely loves, I mean, loves proving Mandela effects to be fake. Oh, why? Because she doesn't believe in them. No. She, 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 she doesn't believe in the Mandela effect being a thing. It's just people remember stuff wrong. It's not that stuff stuff was ever that way. And apparently it's quite good at debunking any Mandela effect. Well, that's somebody. good because there's some of them I would like answers to. Some of them just don't make sense. Some of them are so slight they don't even matter. You know, like the Monopoly Man. Did he always have a monocle? Oh no, he didn't have a monocle. See, I thought he did. I thought he did as well. But, here's the thing. He's never had a monocle. I even looked at my old Monopoly set at the time. And sure enough, he didn't have a monocle. So that was remembering wrong. 
I don't think that there was ever an image of him with a monocle, like someone or someone who looks similar to him who had a monocle. I think the false memory of it might actually be down to now. I don't know if this is true or not about it being the cause, but I think a possibility for the cause of the Mandela effect with this one is down to Ace Ventura when nature calls. Yes, because I... when he's in the concert and he's like. He's like, oh, it's a Monopoly guy. Mm-hmm. The guy in question does actually have a monocle. Right. So I think that is a possible source for why that one happened. Mm-hmm. But as for Fruit of the Loom, they have denied a cornucopia ever being in their logo. But I remember there being one. Now, you know, maybe there has been... See, so maybe it was a someone's done a rip-off. So I used to get, like, coochie and stuff, and, but they were just slightly different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, no, this is interesting. This looks like an actual... Yeah, you see, that actually looks like the tag on a piece of clothing. Yes. Where it's got the cornucopia on it. So that is not just a bit Strange of art. One, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's not that it's a bit of art someone's done up. That actually, either they're really good at editing. But why would you? Know, why would you go to that? Some people just want to see the world burn. See, that looks like the same image again. Ah, see, see what's in there. So it's like they've, t- they've taken this image here, where there's no cornucopia. You see how it's got the medium? Yeah. There. So they've taken the gotten rid of the medium uh, so that they could fit the cornucopia in and while I'm doing that I then happen to see this image over here where it's got the XL on yeah. and the still a cornucopia but the cornucopia on that one is different to the one on that one so again that, that's that been edited to add that in because it, it looks it's a lot smaller than that one. So, I think any of these images that we find of the clothing ties, it's going to be doctored yeah. that had the cornucopia oh, yeah. in. But like you said, it might be that there was a knockoff done where it was added in. Or maybe there's another company out there who used a similar logo. Yeah. With a, you know, the bunch of fruit with the cornucopia. That ha- you know, but it wasn't fruit of the loom. Yeah. Could have been a total rip off, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it. But, but well, that's it for this week for that one. Well, the one. Well, there was actually a third image that circled around at one point as well. Bunch of fruit on a plate. Yeah, I remember the one. Yeah, I remember the cornucopia. That that that's the one I remember. But I've just spotted there. There's also the one with it on a plate. So yeah, where so yeah so where it's come from, do not know. So let's see if my backup 
can uh, explain that one away about how yeah, that, how that yeah, one's become, be good, yeah. how that's become a thing. I will say one thing though. That uh, when she listened to you mentioning the "That's All Raven" one, mm-hmm. she cringed. Why? Because it would have been. I mean, obviously, I looked. At, and Ravens only ever had brown eyes. But if her eye colours did change, it would have been explained away with coloured contacts, which you see all the time in movies. Yeah. You know, like people wearing coloured contacts to, to make their eyes look different if it's not going to be CGI. So... I mean, my... Not the thing here, but my eyes have changed colour. Mine used to be... Because I like the like hazel. They used to be brown. Now they're more green. I mean, mine... have always been green. If I'm in a bad mood, they go grey. If I'm depressed, they go like a brownie colour. But when I had the second lot of uh, eye surgery when I was 15, but now they only operated on one eye, but both my eyes went this absolutely gorgeous shade of blue. I wish my eyes had stayed that shade. That blue was so vibrant. You don't <laughs> see people with eyes that shade of blue. Like, legitimately that shade of blue. You just don't see it. Yeah, yeah. And... Oh. Talking about dreamy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it would have been great, but uh, no, my eyes went back. Yeah. About I think it was like a week and a half or something, and my eyes went back to being green. I mean, most of my Mandela effects come off TikTok, you know, so I wouldn't take them too serious, you know. Oh, but, but some of them are interesting, you know. She did, um, she did have an explanation as well for the kidneys, the one that the one that oh, I mentioned. Yeah. Obviously, as time goes by, me- um, me- medical research and that improves, uh, get better understanding of the like, human body and what have you. Uh, it might just be a case of, you know, got a better understanding of, like, when, when the illustrations were done, for some reason, thought the kidneys were lower down than what yeah. they were. Either that, or it might just be a, 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 an error with the later illustrator who put the kidneys further up. Yeah. Well, yeah. my brother... Is which one? The one you know. <laughs> um, he only just found out last year that he's only got one kidney. No way. Yep. But it's, I'm starting to think that's running in the family. Mm-hmm. I mean that, that 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 cousin of yours. You know. The one the one who I was quite close to. Hi. Uh. Yeah, she, 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 she was born with one kidney, Aye. but that 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 was because of things. We we, we know why that was. But yeah, but all this time he's only had one kidney. Apparently so. Doesn't drink or anything. Oh, he lives quite a healthy lifestyle, I mm. suppose. So I was just going to say he's never been on one for drinking either, yeah. has he? So it's not like it would have caused him any issues. No. How did he end up finding out? Oh, he got a scan done last year. Uh, I was in the hospital for a couple of days. I thought I told you. I, I, it's something I should have probably mentioned to you. There's probably a lot of things that you probably should have mentioned over the years and just haven't. Probably. I didn't touch that. <laughs> uh, at, least you you at least you mentioned it. <laughs> uh, the crust off the slice of bread you were eating just randomly fell off the floor. Well, I'll tell you what happened because I could take it from my point. Right, roll off the pen. No, yeah, you moved your arm. Push the post-it note. That bit of bread hit the, <laughs> hit the pen. The pen moved and pushed that crust off. Oh. It was like a domino effect. Oh, 
I mean, I know what you're thinking. Wow, this is a riveting conversation. Go back to the bit with the, the bread crust. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think maybe we should, uh, we should we should call it a day there. Aye. We've got the Mandela effect. We've had a couple of stories in there. Simpsons is going to be covered later, but that that because I mean, I know we are. We're, we're just like there's a somewhat plan, but I think it's better if we just talk a load of yeah. It's quite natural, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Well, before we go, there is one final task. Where is the week? Word of the words of the week, in fact. So, my word of the week is discombobulated. Oh, I love that word. <laughs> I do. I love it. I love it. That one in plethora. Two of my favourite words. Well, discombobulated. It's just a fancy way of saying you're confused. What man? Yes. Donkey tits. That's two words. Not if you say it really quick. <laughs> no, I go. Donkey tits. <laughs> Do you want another one then? Yeah. Ooh, we there's this thing. Um, date. There we go, something you can eat. <laughs> there we go, there we go. So, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening and sticking with us for almost an hour this time. Crikey, we, had, we have waffled on this week. Mm-hmm. But yes, the, the, no, you're, you're, this is what happens when you don't interrupt you and start calling your names, you just talk. <laughs> well, we we appreciate you, all of you, and hope to you know, hear from you if anyone wants to take part in future episodes or you know, has any suggestions uh, about topics that we could talk about. You know, and as stated at the beginning of the episode, you know, we do have a Patreon page. Uh, where you can show some support. Uh, other than that, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Check um, out Titnot. Yeah, check out Titnot. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Check out Titnot. And catch you next week. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Podcast.